Don't worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Word of God in the Gospel of John, John chapter 21, beginning at verse 1. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to him, I am going fishing. They said to him, We're going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? They answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from land, but about two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then, as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it, and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land, full of large fish, one hundred and fifty-three. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, Come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them and likewise the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. So when he had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, Follow me. Verses 1 through 19, John chapter 21. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for eternal life. Thank you for the privilege of knowing you and being able to walk with you. Thank you for the wonderful gift of eternal life and the opportunity to be involved in the great work of helping to carry out the great commission. You've called us out of the world and into a new relationship with you and one another, and you've commissioned us as soldiers and warriors in your kingdom and in your army to go forth and carry the gospel to a world that desperately needs to hear it. 
to go forth and make disciples, helping people once they're saved to grow up and to become mature believers, to go forth and love a world that desperately needs to be touched and changed by your love. Help us to be faithful. Help us to genuinely love you enough to obey you, Lord. And help us to know, Lord, that the work you've called us to is the most important work in all of life and all of the world. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our producer is Rick Robertson. Rick is going to share a word of prayer with us at this time. God, for those of us who are Christians, we're so thankful for those people that you put in our path to tell us about you. We're thankful for faithful pastors who preached gospel messages, and you use those to stir our hearts. You're such a kind God to pursue us. Father, help us as Christians to to better serve you, to be better um, spreaders of your good news. We need your help to do that, for words to say, and your spirit to, to cause it to be effective. We have great confidence, Father, in you providing both of those. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rick. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. Just a reminder, my email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. And if you'd like any of the resources, the prayer resources, the prayer tools, the discipleship resources, again, we we really like to share them because they're, amongst other things, they're evangelism tools, they're discipleship tools, tools to use for you and your personal growth, tools for you to use as you disciple and encourage the members of your family, but tools to pass on to others. And remember this, all of us are called to help carry the, the gospel to the world, to help carry out the Great Commission. So it's all of our responsibility. So we would really encourage you to email us to get some of the materials we have. And by way of the Internet and by way of email, this is a great highway on which to function to help do the work of evangelism and discipleship. So, again, the email to get some of those prayer tools and discipleship tools, joseph at afr.net. We're very blessed and honored to have with us once again as our co-host today, uh, Jade Holyfield. And many of you will know Jade. <laughs> She's been on a number of times. And amongst other things, one of her one of her gifts, one of her many gifts <laughs> is the gift of evangelism. Jade, how are you today? I'm blessed. Doing well. I'm thrilled to be here. Pastor Parker, you, I, just, I love you. Always good to have you. Always good to have you. And yes, if sir. you would take a moment for our guests to just reintroduce yourself for those that may happen yeah. to not know Jade Holofield. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, my I'm Jade. Um, I work here at American Family Association. I help produce Aaron the Addisons, and I'm the conference coordinator for the Marriage Family Life Conference. So if you haven't registered, go to marriagefamilylife.net. I, I hope it's okay I throw that in there. <laughs> um, it is still open. Registration is still open. Early bird has been cut off, but um, you still we still have um, room left for you, your kids. Remember, it is two conferences in one. We have one for the adults, and then we have one for what we call the Youth Apologetic Track. That is for ages 4 to 17. So definitely go to marriagefamilylife.net and register today. We would love to see you at the conference. It'll be in Tupelo, Mississippi at the Bancorp South Arena. We're excited. All right. And, of course, we're going to be having, in a, I think, maybe next week or real soon, yeah. some guests coming on to talk about the you Marriage sure and Family will. Life Conference. So we'll look forward to those guests coming on. So, well, today we're looking at the topic of evangelism, discipleship, and loving God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jade, it's so important for us as believers to keep in mind that God in his love, mercy, and grace saved us 
and drew us into a new relationship with him on, and a new relationship with one another as the church. And also he commissioned us to be a part of the work he's called us to. And a major part of that, of course, is carrying out the Great Commission as found in Matthew 28, which tells us, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. How important it is that we as believers take serious what God has called us to do. Come on, The work of sharing the gospel and the work of making disciples. And, you know, Jade, I think of this too. It's very important that we take what we've been called to do serious. Yeah. Because the reality is this, that, you know, there are a lot of things going on in the world, but one thing that's true is that every day, many, many people die and leave this world. Yeah. On average, I've heard it said that on average, three people die every second. On average, about 11,000 people every minute. And on average, over a 24-hour period all over the world, I've heard it said that around a quarter of a million people, 250,000 mm. people die every single day. Wow. And you know, Jade, wow. it's important for us to understand this, that when people die, it doesn't matter uh, how much money they did or didn't have in the bank. Okay. doesn't matter how rich <laughs> or poor they were. doesn't matter right. what color they are. doesn't matter what party they affiliate with. Right. doesn't matter what country they lived in. The only thing that matters is, did they know Jesus? Right. Nothing else matters. Come on, Pastor Parr. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, man, their salvation is necessary. Salvation comes from Christ, of course. But we as believers, we, we're his vessel. We're the vessel that God will use to bring. Well, he does the work, but we got to we got to either plant the seed or water it. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I heard something recently. I'm a huge Dr. Tony Evans fan, and mm-hmm. I love his daughter, Priscilla Shire. And she said something that stirred up in me. She said, we should never, as believers, those of us in Christ, treat salvation as if it's common. She mm-hmm. said, if you find yourself not being stirred up about the fact that you are saved in Christ, mm-hmm. and you're, if you're not excited about it, she said, you need to check your heart. Mm-hmm. And it, I kid you not, I sat there when I was listening to this the other day, and I, I just started thinking about my sins. I really believe as believers, if you find yourself dormant and not excited about the things of God, not even desiring to share the gospel, <laughs> um, I would strongly encourage you to think about how you, yes, only you, don't think about the world. Just think about how you sent Christ to the cross. When I do that, I am immensely grateful for Jesus and it moves me to want to share the good news mm-hmm. but it's only when I think about just me not 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 comparing myself to somebody else you know we bad about that well I'm mm-hmm. not as bad as such and such I know I, I used to do that sometimes I still do and the Holy Spirit gets me but when we think about how my sins the sins I deal with and listen it's even the quiet ones you know <laughs> the introverts I think mm-hmm. sometimes people think oh the, the louder they are oh man they just messed up I know you know I'm an extrovert or whatnot but even the introverts maybe you're there and you're, you're listening right now and you're just like I don't really do much well mm-hmm. how's your heart though how's your thought mm-hmm. life but anywho but like what you were saying um because we've had a lot of family members recently in the past five months to die my mom is one of ten she's had three siblings to die within a five month span and mm-hmm. it's just been a lot but what it's done for me is it's made me think, oh, my goodness, like, uh, I I got to share share more of the word to my cousins, those who have yet to come to Christ. And it does more, it gives you a more of an eternal mind frame, I believe. It, it really, it really should. And it really should in the heart of every person. And, you know, I think of this in particular, the uh, passage you want to look at is probably many listeners are familiar with it, but it's a powerful passage where 
uh, Christ shares the story that we refer to as the story of the rich man and Lazarus, but mm-hmm. it shares some powerful insight about salvation and the lack of being saved as well. But mm-hmm. um, Luke chapter 16, beginning at verse 19, it tells us these words. There was a certain man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. Verses 19 to 31 of Luke chapter 16. I like that story. And, you know, it's a powerful story. It's a powerful story, an eye-opening story, because the reality is, you know, Jade, when we leave this world, there are only two places people go. There's heaven and there's hell. Mm -hmm. There's no Mm in-between. And it's important to understand, sadly, In all eternity, every day, the vast majority of people die and go to hell. That's a sobering reality. We'll pick up there on the other side. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession. We're looking at the topic, Evangelism, Discipleship, and Loving God. We'll be right back.
see flashes, say they think that it's you, but they don't know that who you are is not what you do. True, we get it twisted when we peek at the charts. Yo, before we part from the start, what's your heart? You a pimp? Hustler, tell me what's your title? America has no more stars, now we call them idols. You said idol, while we teach prosperity, the first thing to prosper should be inside me. Not because of 22s on the range, but Christ came in range. We said yes, now we change. Not the same, even though I met a fall. Since I got that call, no more song, now I'm Paul. Yep. Toby Mac with Lose My Soul. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our co-host today is Jade Holofield, and we're looking at the topic evangelism, discipleship, and loving God. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jade, as we begin this segment, I'm going to ask if you'll pray for listeners that they would have ears to hear and that... And also pray for the church to grow in the understanding of God's heart when it comes to the work of evangelism yeah. and discipleship. Absolutely. Father, Lord, it is such a privilege and an honor to be able to come to you. Lord, and it's only because of what Christ did who gave us access to you. Father, I just pray for all of us, every listener, myself, Pastor Parker, Rick, our producer, Lord. I pray for all of us, Lord, that you would stir up in us, Lord, a desire to share your word, Lord. To I read recently... Um, about the word gospel um, in the Greek means gospeling, sharing the good news. It's a literal meaning of sharing the good news, the gospel, Lord. And I ask that you would help us to ha- have that desire, Lord. I have that. You, I ask that you would help us, Lord, to, to stop with the excuses and to also see um, the areas in our lives where the enemy will use distraction to deter us from our eternal perspective of doing kingdom work. Father, I ask, Lord, that you will rise up within the churches, Lord, the members of the body of Christ, Lord, people to not just be believers who sit in pews and hear a sermon once a week, but that we will be actively um, believers, Lord, going ye and sharing the good word, the good news, yes, Lord, Lord, and Jesus going out Christ. into the streets at, at, at the grocery stores, Father, <clears throat> Lord, even in our at, at, at our work, at our jobs, Lord. Lord, help our hearts, change our hearts, Lord, to to soften our hearts to even that person, Lord, maybe at the workplace or that family member who's who's a challenge to us, Lord. I ask that you would give us a heart of Christ. We know that that your word says in Romans 5, 5, that you have shed your love upon our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So, Father, we know it takes a work of you to to help us to fulfill what you've called us to do lord and i ask that you would do just that father help us to set our minds on things above and not on things of this earth it is so easily said than done but when we call upon you you will help us you will enable us by the power of your spirit in jesus name i pray amen amen and father i too thank you for the privilege the honor the responsibility and the opportunity you give us of being vessels through which your holy spirit can reach and draw people off the road to hell, onto the road to heaven. Lord, help us to grow in our understanding of the fact that, Lord, you've called us to this, and it's our part of our very important responsibility to simply be obedient. But help us to recognize, too, Lord, 
what a great privilege it is to be yes. co-workers with you, to be involved in the wonderful work of helping to pull people off the broken road of life, mm-hmm. people who've been beat up and left on the side of the road for dead, and helping them to see that Jesus is the answer to all of our problems, yes, that he Lord. solves the problems of life, and that if we commit our lives to you, Lord, that our biggest problem is solved. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the privilege of being involved in this work. Father, anoint us all afresh with the spirit of evangelism and discipleship. Help us to be about your business of doing the work of evangelism and discipleship every single day. And help us to be about the work of loving you and loving people as you would have us to. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, Jade, Mm. I I think of this and we started off in reading today John chapter 21. And, you know, just looking at that uh, passage one more time, it's it's very important for us as believers to understand the truth that God was sharing to us in John chapter 20, 21, specifically verses 15 to 19. It tells us again, John 21, starting at verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Mm. And, you know, a powerful truth behind that, I think, is illustrated in it. It's the story of a young man by the name of Johnny who wrote his girlfriend a love letter. And he wrote, Dear Jane, I want you to know how much I love you. Jane, I love you so much I would climb Mount Everest if you were at the top. Jane, I love you so much I would swim uh, the Atlantic Ocean just to get to you. Jane, I love you so much I would walk on 10 miles of hot coals barefoot just to get to where you are. That's how much I love you. <laughs> Signed, Johnny. And at the bottom of the letter he said, P.S. I'll see you Saturday night if, if it doesn't rain. Well, we find out that Johnny is a lot of mouth, but when it comes down to it, a little rain is all it would take to keep him away from Jane. Mm -hmm. Well, too often, sometimes you have people that say they love the Lord. They talk about how much they love the Lord. But, you know, what God is saying to us in this passage is, if you love me, you will obey me. Yeah. If you love me, you'll be involved in reaching out to my people. He says to Peter here, and, you know, it's so powerful just to really look at it for what it says because— Note here, Peter it seems to be almost almost offended that Jesus would question his love. But yeah. it seems like Peter's forgetting the fact that he denied Jesus three times just a little while ago. He did. And in our humanness, too many times I think we give ourselves a pretty good grade when in reality if we're grading ourselves pretty fairly, we'd find that sometimes we're falling short, sometimes way short. But note what he says specifically, Peter, do you love me? Yeah. Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. I love you. Feed my lambs. Second time, do you love me? Tend my sheep. The third time, do you love me? And then his response again. And note, and it's so powerful to note what he says. Uh, he says, feed my sheep. He's looking for action and obedience. Yes. I, I, man, you're bringing me back to my Rhema years. I'll never forget one of my classes. We specifically spent some time in this particular passage Mm -hmm. and it stood out to me because I never understood it. Mm -hmm. I was just like, 
man, why Jesus keep asking Peter that? He said, I love him. Mm-hmm. Until my teacher took us to the um, original meaning. They were talking about two different loves. Mm-hmm. Jesus was, was referring to the agape love, whereas um, Peter's response was the filet. Am I pronouncing that right? Y'all, I'm Phileo? not. Phileo love. Yes, mm-hmm. more of a friend. Whereas, So God was trying to take him to, uh, and also I, I, God was, was was revealing to him the position of his heart, mm-hmm. which, you know, one thing I, I I never, ever want people to think that I have it all together or any of us. You know, I think mm-hmm. people listen to the the different hosts of American Family Radio and they think we got it all together. I like mm-hmm. keeping it 100. And I do this even with my stepdaughter. I tell her I didn't come to Christ because I was perfect. My mm-hmm. point is. God wants us to be honest with him with where we are because mm-hmm. he already knows our heart. But what it is, if we continue to deny that, um, yeah, I do love this person or I do care, what it, it, it's, it's not benefiting us. And we're not going to grow from glory to glory in Christ Jesus if we lie to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Christ wants us to love him more. So maybe you're listening and, and you're like, I don't love God like I should because I'm still mm-hmm. doing X, Y, Z because I'm not repenting. That was another thing I love about the story that you read about the rich man and Lazarus, the the key word that um, he the rich man said is go tell my family to mm-hmm. repent and turn to God. Salvation only comes through repentance. Mm-hmm. And so my whole point of that I'm, I, that's crossing my mind is um, I'm thinking of an incident in my own personal life. My husband, you know, we have a stepdaughter and his ex. Um, they were never married, though. But she she when we first got together, I have a point to this. It's coming back to this. Um, she threatened to kill me, scared mm-hmm. me. And I never in my life experienced that. Mm-hmm. Y'all, I kid you not. I started having hate towards that woman. Mm-hmm. And me, I'm like, I'm nice. I'm not. One day, a former pastor of mine said to me, he said, Jade. Um, pray for her salvation. I was honest with him. I said, I don't want to. He mm. said, Jay, surely you don't want to see her burn in hell. Y'all, this is why I believe scripture. Jeremiah 17, 9. Mm-hmm. The heart of man is evil. I actually did because mm. I did not like her. Mm-hmm. So what I did, though, even though my feelings were not there. So Peter right now, he he's he's saying, Jesus, I love you. Mm-hmm. But Jesus is like, no, you're not loving me the way you should, the way you are moved to obedience. Mm-hmm. So I was honest with God. I started praying for her, even though I was honest. I said, God, I don't care for this woman. Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, in time, the Lord changed my heart. So there was action that I had to do. Mm-hmm. So maybe you're listening. You're like, I don't have time to evangelize. I want to do it. Or you're making up another excuse, my personality or something like that that mm-hmm. i want to challenge you stop stop letting this flesh guide you remember paul said i crucified this flesh mm-hmm. so it's the moment that you need to put some action to it and i kid you not the feelings will follow we can't go by our feelings that is so and that's true. what peter was doing here mm-hmm. and it's so important for us to understand that one of the power, one of the many messages that the lord is sharing with us is that love is action Right. It's not just something we say. It's the actions. It's the attitude of our heart and the actions that we live out as well. If we love God, our actions should demonstrate it. It's not just something we do give lip service to God about. Yeah. We're to be involved in doing we doing what he says. In other words, God sees love. If, if we love God, we're going to obey him. Mm-hmm. And so God sees real love for him in the form of obedience. And so that means if you're not an obedient person— you don't love God like yeah. you should. And as heavy as that may seem to hear, it's reality. If we're not in obedience to God, we're not loving God like we're supposed to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, there's such a humility when we when, when we allow the Holy Ghost to reveal to us the state of our hearts. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jesus, Jesus loved Peter enough 
to reveal to him the state of his heart. And apparently it was obvious Peter eventually came to the realization, I really didn't love God the way I said I did. You remember mm-hmm. he was so bold, God, Jesus, I would never deny you. Mm-hmm. That's why I, my prayer, because like what, what I always say to the Lord, help me to not deny you, Father. I don't want to be as confident in my flesh thinking that I would. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've never been in that type. I've never been a, a martyr, you know, in that type mm-hmm. of position. I will pray to the good Lord that he would give me the strength, you know, just mm-hmm. like the scripture says in the gospel, how if you deny me before man, I'll deny you before the Father. Lord, right. give us the strength. We can so easily do a lot of talk on Facebook and Twitter. Oh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't dare do this. You don't know that. You don't mm-hmm. know that. That's where you have to ask the Holy Spirit. Lord, help me. Help me. And I I, I really believe as believers, God wants us to get to that place where we're honest with ourselves, mm-hmm. with where we are. And it, sh- it reveals to us how much we need Jesus. And just because you came to Christ does not mean you have arrived. You that need him. That is so him. true. And every day we're supposed to be growing uh, in our walk with the Lord. And, of Daily. course, once a believer is saved again, and keep in mind, too, anyone that's saved, whether they got saved yesterday or 50 years ago, is to be involved in the work of evangelism. Mm-hmm. It, there's there's nowhere in Scripture where it says, well, you need to go to Bible school before you start witnessing. You need to go to so many Bible studies before you start witnessing. The moment you get saved, right after that, you can tell others what Jesus did for you. Yes, Lord. How he saved you and transformed. Just share your own testimony. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes people, they say something along this line. Well, I have a boring testimony. It's not exciting and dramatic. <laughs> There's no such thing as a boring testimony. You're right. You're so right. every testimony is a dramatic example of the Spirit of God saving, transforming the heart of a human being. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as a boring testimony. That right there, Pastor Parker, transforming. Mm-hmm. I, I wrote this down earlier today. The good news is life-giving and transformative with eternal ramifications. That's right. You're That's right. right. It is Because I, I used to be one of those where I was like, man, my testimony ain't like my husband's. Mm-hmm. Like my husband's is like, woo, mm-hmm. seriously, like the Lord... <laughs> He brought him to Christ, like, from his past, you know. Mm -hmm. But the Lord has revealed to me, no, 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 no. Yours is just as amazing because remember this thought life you used to have, the Mm -hmm. secret that you did behind closed doors when your parents didn't know what you were doing. You know, and I love that about God. He shows us how, you know, we we, some people still pray for miracles. We've got the best miracle ever, and that is salvation from Christ. It takes the work of the Lord to turn us from our sins. It really does. And, you know, when looking at the powerful uh, passage in Luke 16 about the rich man and Lazarus, it's so telling in so many ways because very simply it's two individuals, one very rich and the other one very poor. And it doesn't mean rich people have to go to hell and uh, poor people go to heaven. You need to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But the fact is Lazarus had a lot of problems, but at least he knew Jesus when he died. Mm -hmm. But the rich man, he was going about his business. You know, he was dressing sharp, eating good. And sadly, it seems he didn't have time for Jesus. And, of course, once he died, he regretted it terribly. Once he ended up in hell, his first request is such a tragic one. His only request was, just give me a little bit of water. Just want to please send Lazarus to give me a little bit of water. He couldn't even have that. Mm -hmm. But then, as you alluded to, the second request is such a powerful one. The rich man is now evangelism-minded. He knows he's lost for all eternity. But he still cares about his family. And he's saying, please send Lazarus back to tell my family about this place so they don't have to come here. But even in hell, sadly, it's too late to be evangelism-minded. It's too late because, again, they, they can't be saved and they can't go back and tell their loved ones to be saved either. So we'll pick up there on the other side. 
Uh, my co-host today is Jade Holofield. We're looking at the topic evangelism, discipleship, and loving God. We'll be right back. Walls Group with The Prayer. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our co-host today is Jade Holofield, and our topic is evangelism, discipleship, and loving God. And Jade, you know, I think of this, you know, the Lord's Prayer, uh, which was just in that selection, is found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through uh, 13, and it tells us these words, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Mm. Now here in this short passage, it speaks of heaven twice and refers to heaven basically three times. It starts out, Our Father in heaven, and then it mentions also to, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven as well. And the last line, uh, For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And of course, believers will spend eternity in heaven as well. And you know, it's important for us as believers to have an important perspective of the beauty and the wonder of heaven. And the tragedy of hell. Yeah. You know, too often, I think, sadly, people don't seem to take the fact that everybody is going to die serious. Come on, Beth. Sooner or later, unless we're here when Jesus comes back, everyone else will pass through death's door. Mm -hmm. And the fact is, some people live as if God is not significant or important, or they just may say, I don't believe he exists. But the fact is, one day, all people will face the Lord. Yeah. And the reality is that you know, there are no atheists in hell. All people there realize, sadly, that there is a God and that they fail to come to know him mm. and they'll spend eternity regretting the fact that they didn't come to know him. That's good. But on the on the other hand, it's important to know, too, when you read from the Word of God some of the beauties of what, what heaven is about, 
You know, the fact is, heaven will be where God will be. We'll spend all eternity with him. In heaven, there, you know, and that, you know, the, mm. the Lord's Prayer says, um, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What happens in heaven? In heaven, everything happens just like God wants it to happen. In heaven, there's no sickness. In heaven, there are no hospitals. There are no Thank graveyards. Nobody's dying yes, there. Lord. There are no misunderstandings. There are no people that don't understand each other. There's nobody that doesn't get along. Mm-hmm. The fact is we all get along. I recall there was this individual who knew two people that didn't get along on earth, and and um, she said, and I, 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 I said, then, well, I guess they're getting along okay in heaven. She said, I bet they're fighting up in heaven. Well, there's, there's no <laughs> such thing. Nobody's fighting in heaven. Now, I, I hope. I hope they made it to heaven. Yeah. But if they're there, all the problems are resolved. There are no troubles, misunderstandings in yes. heaven. Heaven is a place of perfection, a place of beauty, a place where, again, individuals will have their own mansions. Come on, Pastor No Parker. house note, no roof to have to be replaced. You better keep describing thousand it. Years, you, you excited know. me. So yes. it's, it's a wonderful place to look forward to, and everyone yeah. should want to go. So as believers, we should be both pumped up and excited about going, yeah. but also excited about the idea of helping to take as many people with, with us, us as we possibly can. I had a friend who shared with me once. She said, those non-believers who are on this earth, this is the closest place to heaven that they'll get here on earth. Mm-hmm. And when she said that to me, I, me as a believer, I was like, whoa, because, you know, it's hard down here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I said, that makes sense. It's true. Those who have yet to come to Christ, this is the closest to heaven here on earth that they'll get. Y'all, mm-hmm. and heaven is far better than earth. We know this. Mm-hmm. So you're you're so right. I, I even want to challenge people. And I, I'm talking to myself as well. I've only done this a few times. We should preach the gospel to ourselves. Mm-hmm. You, I, I'll never forget one day. This was about two years ago. I was in some state up, up 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 north with my husband. He's a truck driver, and I was we were aiming to evangelize, right? Well, we were evangelizing, and so I, we we stopped at one of those little fruit vegetable places, you know, outside on the mm-hmm. street fruit on, stand, right? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And I asked this lady. I said, "Ma'am," I said, "Hi, good morning, good morning." She was like, "Hi, good morning," and I said, "Are you a follower of Jesus?" This is what she did, Pastor Parker. Stomp me, honey. She said, "I am," but are you? I've never had that. Mm-hmm. I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, how do you know you're saved? Mm-hmm. Woo! And I said, ma'am, I have never been asked this. And I said, well, I said, I believe Christ came to die for me and, and that my sins sent him to the cross. And mm-hmm. I mean, and when she did that, it, it, it did. It resonated within me like, oh, my goodness. Like, it just makes the gospel even more alive when you're able to know yourself. Mm-hmm. So I think the more that we also know ourselves, the beauty of the gospel, you're going to be prone to want to share it. And like you mm-hmm. said, the, also, the more you read three chapters a day or however many chapters. Just yesterday, I was my husband and I, we were reading the word together. We read it out loud. And mm-hmm. it was just doing a stirring in our spirit. And so um, God's word is so active and, and, and the word of God, it is sharper than any two edged sword. And the more you apply it, the more you um, um, re- even reading it out loud, I believe that it, it, it does something within our spirit and it mm-hmm. helps us to to want to go share the good news. And, you know, I think it is so important for us to know, too, that, you know, there are many different methods people can use, but believers should seek and ask the Lord for wisdom and grace to know for themselves how they can be most effective. But we should all should be willing to do it. And uh, I I would I would just say in the way of I'm sorry. No, I said the different methods. I was going to ask you, though, do you like I'm just throwing this name out there. Do you like Todd Frill's method? You know, he does the Ten Commandments, him and Ray Comfort. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, 
I get intimidated by that version where they go down through the Ten Commandments. Have you ever stole? Have you ever lusted? Have you ever, you know, looked at a woman? You like what? Well, you know, I guess I would say I've never this. Done that method, uh, it, it makes me. It brings to mind something that uh, Dwight Moody once shared, because someone would criticize him for his method of doing evangelism, and his response to them was. I like my method of doing evangelism better than I like your method of not doing evangelism. Ooh. Many a believer, they're not doing anything. Come I back think at every, me. <laughs> every, well, my, my, point, my point is just this, that, that each of us should be prayerfully listening to the Lord about how we can be most effective. Right. Because, for example, I, I like to regularly encourage believers. I encourage everybody, carry gospel tracts with you wherever you go. Right. Anywhere, because, again, in, in the grocery store— in the department store, on the street, when you go through drive through window, there are many, many opportunities, and most people will gladly receive them. Most people seem to appreciate them. You, from here and there, you're running to people that may be rude, but the devil uses those individuals to try to discourage you he and really make you does. think you shouldn't do it. But <laughs> the fact is, that should only stir us to be more involved. But mm-hmm. I encourage all believers, get some gospel tracts, carry them wherever you go, but also in casual conversation, talk about Jesus. Talk about what he's done for you. Talk about answered prayer. I mean, that's more productive than talking about the weather. You, you know, so the true. weather is what it is. You that's know, so true. Sports, again, whoever wins, wins, and whoever loses, loses. But talk about Jesus and what he's done for you. Mm-hmm. That's a great conversation that believers should be involved in continually. Mm-hmm. All of us have a testimony. Every believer has a testimony. So either your testimony of how you got saved or testimony of how God has answered prayer. All of these are evangelism tools. Another one is just say, how can I pray for you? And like most people often will will respond. Uh, well, many people will say, oh, you know, I'd appreciate prayer about such and such a thing. That's true. And then it's an opportunity to lead in, well, do you know Christ? Do you know the Lord? Would you like to know the Lord? And so there are many ways, but we're to live a lifestyle of evangelism and discipleship, every believer. Mm-hmm. And you know what you just said about, um, do you know the Lord? Are you saved? I, I, sometimes you have, at least being from Mississippi, everybody quote unquote is saved. You know what I mean? Cause and I've had so many times when I have um, sh- sharing the word of God, sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. There have been so many times, Pastor Parker, where somebody has said to me when I've said, hey, are you, are you a follower of Jesus? Mm-hmm. They'll, their answer, kid you not. I go to church and I try to pray. That mm-hmm. lets me know instantly they don't know the gospel. Mm-hmm. Because if I haven't heard that they have repented and they have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that tells me a lot. They don't know the gospel. They think just going to church and praying is the answer. No, mm-hmm. you've got to turn from your sins. you got to see sin the way God sees sin. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's where the church comes in. We've got to do a better job. I believe, this is my personal opinion, even as believers, of making sure we're really breaking down what salvation means mm-hmm. coming to Christ does not mean life is going to be easy street no what it does mean though is that in the um, among life and its trials you've got the greatest one who overcame death and the grave y'all mm-hmm. doing life with you that is what coming to salvation coming to Christ is being saved is turning from your sins and acknowledging when you do sin repenting seeing sin the way God sees it and realizing that you cannot function without the Savior Mm-hmm. That's so important, too. And you're right in that, like, many people may equate church attendance. Well, I'm a Christian because yeah. I go to church, or I'm a Christian because I got baptized. Well, again, those well, I'm are I'm a good thing, person. That's another right? one. Uh, I try to do the right thing, right. you know. But the reality is, again, it's important to understand salvation is when we 
have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and received him as our Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in just a few minutes, we're going to give the opportunity for listeners to Come receive on. Christ through the Amen. prayer time. But it's important to know that, again, those are these are generally are good things to do, but they don't save us. You know, just right. like as as one person put it. Going to church doesn't make you a believer any more than going to the airport makes you an airplane. You know, <laughs> the reality is, again, we have to go through God's method of coming to know, coming to be saved, and that's yeah. receiving Jesus Christ yeah. as Lord and Savior. Come on, Pastor Parker. Oh, my goodness, y'all, we got to get into this word because I, I kid you not, lately I've been pondering over Psalms 51 when David is repenting to God. And mm-hmm. I love the verse where he says, look, God, I, I sinned against you and you alone. Mm-hmm. When the, the I think another area that prevents us from fully living out this lifestyle of Christianity. Now I'm just, I'm talking to believers now is um, we, we, we don't have the right view of God. When we esteem him as the King, as the Lord, the creator of everything we see and we don't see, we're realizing that when we sin against our spouse, against our children, that ultimately we're sinning against God. Mm-hmm. And for like, I, I think we, we got to ponder on the scriptures and, and meditate on that and it'll help do a move in our hearts it really will the mm-hmm. word the word is active y'all it helps to mold and shape us to become more like christ and to have more of a heart for those who are not saved and don't mm-hmm. know christ as lord and savior then so well our our time is just about gone and again uh really grateful to have had a chance to address this but if you're listening today and you've never made that step you've never accepted christ as your lord and savior it's so important that you know how to make that step and right now i want to invite you to, to take the opportunity to do just that, yeah. to commit your life to Christ. If you would simply pray this prayer with me, this is how you can be saved. If you believe Jesus Christ and commit your heart to him, you can be saved. Would you, if you want to make that step, simply pray this prayer with me right now, if you would. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so, so very much that you came to this world a long time ago. You lived And you died on the cross to pay for all the wrong things and the sins that I've done. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and turn from the wrong that I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things that I've done. Lord Jesus, Come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Make me the the kind of person you want me to be. Lord, you said in the Bible, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you my entire life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we very much want to hear from you. Once again, my email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'd like to share with you some literature that will help you to begin to grow and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord and help you to begin to grow up and mature in your walk with the Lord. Again, that email to receive the materials, joseph at afr.net. Hope to hear from you. Jade, thanks so much for being with us once again. I enjoyed this. Thank you so much. All right, hearing from Red there again. (laughs) Red the rooster. Excited about hearing about the work of evangelism and discipleship. Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.